This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. As a dad, we're leaders. We're here to set the example for the kids. You know, that we're the heads of our tribes. And, you know, kids' minds are like sponges, and they're going to mirror everything that they see. So if you are on the phone all day and you're not paying attention to your family, uh, that's the message that you are sending, that it's normal to be like that. If you're on the couch watching TV all day or just on the video games all day, that's the message that you're sending. And that's what they're going to pick up. And that's what they're going to think is normal. So I think as dads, we need to set the example and the example for our kids to follow, right? Same as you would with your Marines, soldiers, airmen, whoever it might be. So with that, I mean, take your kids outside, take them camping, you know, go out and build something and, you know, spend some time teaching them how to read or change a tire or whatever, because, you know, building life skills and showing them the way that's, I guess that's how you, you lead your family, right? You know, the way you show the way and you go the way. Dory one, this is fire team Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Welcome back to Military Veteran Dad. This is episode 117. And if you are a longtime listener, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because we just passed 30,000 downloads since January 1st, 2019. That seems absolutely insane for me to think that there are 30,000 listens out there of something that I said. If there is a thought that even I had six years ago that I would be in this position where people are listening to the things that I had to say about a given topic, I would have told you you're lying. But that has come true, and it's because of the sport for this podcast and its mission and its value that it's helping dads out there. So I, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you and for this support. And if there's ever anything I can do, please reach out. Ben at MilitaryVeteranDad.com. I'm an open book. I will answer any questions. I'll even dedicate future episodes. If you got a really good Fatherhood Friday question, drop it in the email, and I will go ahead and make a special episode dedicated just for you and that topic. So today's episode is with Victor De La Flor. He's an active duty U.S. Marine, currently holding the rank of Chief Warrant Officer 3. He's got 18 years of service, still on active duty. He did support of Iraq and Iraq Freedom, been married to his amazing wife for 15 years, and they have three kids, a 16-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old son, and a 6-year-old son. Outside the Marine Corps, he's also extremely ambitious. He is a small business owner that owns Undercover Clip, and there's going to be a website link in the show notes for this. This is only works for Navy and Marine Corps uniforms, but this allows you to put this little clip inside your cover and allows you to put your sunglasses inside your cover while you're in uniform and store them so they don't get broken. And it was born out of him breaking a $200 pair of sunglasses, so 
If you're a Marine or a Navy, go check out that website and get one of your undercover clips. All around, he also has a dad blog called Eat Sleep Dad, where he's just serving as an online journal. He writes stories of adventure and life lessons as he experiences with his kids. He doesn't make any money from the blog. It's just a simple way for him to express what he's doing. And he also has a YouTube channel, Eat Sleep Dad. All of that is in the show notes as well. He grew up from just a humble beginning in New Jersey with very little, and it was almost a nearly daily discussion that he had at his home where he was told that he needed to work so hard that he could live better than they did. And he took that to heart, and that is what that discomfort that he created by going all in on that is what's paying off in the long run. And I'm super excited for what's going to happen for him when he's on the other side of transition. He's doing all the right things. And this episode, I know, is going to bring a few dads home. And if you love leadership, if you love last week's episode 116, this episode is going to be right in the same category. I know you are going to love every minute of this episode. And just a quick disclaimer, the views represented in this episode represent Victor's views on different topics, not the United States Marine Corps. So now that I've got you all excited, let's dive into this episode with Victor De La Flor. Welcome to the podcast, Victor. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. You have been one of those guys, and we've both been window stalking each other, I feel like, for over a year on on social media. And then you reached out to me and said, hey, let's do a podcast together. And I was like, yeah, I've been watching you. You've been watching me. Let's make it official here. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit of background and your family today. Absolutely, man. So I'm in the Marine Corps. I'm currently serving, still on active duty. Uh, I'm currently a uh, Chief Warrant Officer 3. I'm going on 18 years now, so pretty old guy out there. Um, I'm currently working as a legal admin officer. So basically that consists of, uh, just, uh, assisting commands with, uh, keeping good order and discipline. It's not the, the most popular job in the Marine Corps. I'll tell you that, but, um, yeah, it doesn't you do have learn a, a lot. To it. <laughs> yeah, what's that? It doesn't have a sexy ring to it. it. It definitely does not, man. You know, it's, uh, but, but, you know, you, you do learn a lot and, uh, you know, you definitely meet a lot of good people. Um, let me see, I've, I've deployed to Iraq uh, back in about 2005, 2006 timeframe, uh, in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, and uh, had the chance to uh, to travel the world a little bit after that. What were some of the places that you went to after Iraq? Uh, after Iraq, uh, went over to, to Thailand, a little stint over in, in Italy. Where else did I go? I was over in Iwakuni for a little bit, Japan. Were you with the uh, No, no, no. I was just uh, stationed out there. Just uh, got orders out to, to Iwakuni. Uh, Japan was great. It, w- it, w- it was awesome out there. Uh, got a chance to travel a little bit outside of there. I did Okinawa for three years. It was where I called home. Yeah. So I've been to Okinawa. I did the uh, the staff academy up there years ago. Uh, good times out there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that. I was reminiscing about it last night on a podcast and my dream would be able to figure out a way to get back to Okinawa paid by the government to speak on base post Corona world like that would I would pinch myself being able to revisit all of my memories of my, I mean like three years of my life was there yeah, and yeah. like, it was just be like, uh, oh, I can't even really describe what it would feel like just kind of walking through my past in a very like future time frame Cause it was 20 years ago almost. And just kind of reminiscing, like, yeah, I remember that, like it was yesterday. Yeah. Were, were you up at Foster? Or I was at Hanson. Hanson. Okay. So same, same place, right? I, the, uh, the staff academy up there. 
right outside hands and kintown and yeah all those you know, places yeah all the, like we were i was reminiscing with uh with a friend about the bars off the kin like gate two it's just uh <laughs> all that taco rice huh <laughs> taco rice like we were debating why taco rice hasn't actually taken off in the united states like it's the most simplest idea and no one's taken hold of it at all like taco bell marketing should be all over taco rice they, they, they should be man i, I think taco i have my fill on taco even, like something should be like just put rice, cheese, and taco meat together and you'd make millions. That's it. That's it. I don't know why it hasn't taken off. No, but I had a real good time in, in Okinawa, man. It was a, a lot of historical sites out there. We, we actually just did a, um, I was stationed in, in Hawaii before I came out to Southern California. And uh, we did a little TAD, TAD trip out there. Um, we stopped over in Wake Island for, uh, oh, for a refuel. Oh, nice and interesting. Oh, it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. It was, um, we got to do a tour, a quick tour of the island. I uh, got to stop by 98 Rock and uh, check that out. Uh, then we flew out to Okinawa. We got to do a, a little tour of all the sites out there. Did you go to Hacksaw uh, Ridge? Uh, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, we I, never, I went there as well. I never really, really connected all the history until I watched the movie and I was like, whoa, I was there. It is incredible, man. It's. I think the movie kind of makes it a little bit more exaggerated, like the, uh, I guess, the, the side of the cliff. But uh, I mean, it's, it's still big, right? I mean, it's it's still amazing what happened out there. But it's just. Did you get the Iwo Jima? Uh, no, no, I've never been out there. That was I have like my gift out of the Marine Corps. I was like, I was EASing in August, and there was one. I'd miss all the opportunities prior to that, and our staff sergeant hooked us up to get a flight in like the June. So like two months leaving the island, I got to take a one day flight out there, and it was just. An incredible way to end my four-year service. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I wish I would have had a chance to go out there. I know they were doing, like, morale flights out there, and I never got a chance to stop out there. But uh, it, it was it's definitely on my list. I do have, a, like, a little bottle of black sand. I got Somebody two big back. jugs of it, like two cereal jugs that I carried <laughs> back. I have yet to really figure out a good use for them. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the memories are there, man. I mean, you you got to go up to the top and check it all out. That, that's what matters. Like, that's it's, awesome. Uh, oof, it's a... Uh, it's a very surreal place for Marines and just in general for history. And yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you got to make it out there at some point in time. And, and I'm still I mean, I only have what, two, two more years until I'm looking at retirement. So uh, two years to make it out there. At some but point. you're at that point where, you know, almost everybody that you need to know, probably like you probably know a guy yeah. that knows a guy. That knows oh, a guy. I, I know many guys who know many guys. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like yes. you're well connected enough after 18 years that like. I think I could probably figure out a way to get over there. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be able to jump on some kind of uh, some flight out there. Yeah, do first something. you got an yeah. island hop right Okinawa, and then you got to time it just right for the seasons. When they you know, I, I will trip. figure something out. You know, we 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 adapt and overcome. I'll figure something out. <laughs> Amen to that, right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What brought you to the Marine Corps? Well, I'll tell you, man. I so I, I grew up uh, in, in in Jersey and a little bit in Florida, Central Florida, and uh, I just didn't like the. Um, I guess the, the position I was in, right. I, I didn't like the, uh, the area too much after a while. It just got old. It was like a black hole. I just needed to get out. Right. Um, I had a friend who joined the Marine Corps and he, you know, he stopped by the house at one point and he was like, I guess I'm recruiting assistants. And he just was telling me about it. And, uh, you know, I figured, you know, this, this sounds pretty good. I'll be able to get out of here, you know, uh, you know, do, do something else. And, uh, I mean, that, that was really what attracted to me, me to it. And it was, just getting out of this black hole that was, you know, central Florida, there, there was absolutely nothing else going on. My friends are doing the same old thing. You know, I was working at like McDonald's and then CC's pizza and things like that. I'm like, there's gotta be something different here. After um, 18 years to reflect back on that memory. Is there something that you were running from? 
Because I often find like people join the military to run from a feeling or to run from a situation that they don't feel comfortable anymore, or there's just something that this they feel like this is a better opportunity and they just have to run from the feeling of what you're kind of feeling of the darkness. I'm wondering if there was anything that comes up when I ask it that way. No, n- nothing that I was running from, I don't think. It was just more of a, I just needed a change of pace. You know, I I was not going to move back to New Jersey. I mean, there's a reason why I moved out of there, right? Um, I wasn't going to, I just didn't want to stick around. I mean, everybody's doing the same thing all the time. It didn't change, you know, from year to year. And I just needed a change of pace, man. And I figured the, the only way to get out of here is to make a drastic decision, a drastic choice, which is um, either move away myself or, you know, somewhere to another state or, you know, join the Marine Corps, which seemed like the better option because, you know, they, they'll, they'll pay for me to move. They'll, they'll give me, you know, Program meals. Meal. Yeah, exactly. They'll give me the meals I need. They'll give me college, you know, all that stuff. All, I, I bought into all that stuff. So I, I, I just needed a change of pace, man. So after 18 years, what do you think the Marine Corps has been teaching you? <laughs> oh man, it's uh it's a little bit of everything, man. Um, you know, the the leadership styles definitely you, you take from the good and you take from the bad and make your own leadership style, right? Um, I mean, we've heard that all throughout the years. Um, it's taught me, you know, how to deal with I I, I was really bad with procrastination back in the day. It taught me how to deal with that. Uh, cause of course you gotta be 15 minutes early to 15 minutes early, you know, back and back and back. So it taught me that, um, you know, it, I, I think the biggest thing in the recent years that it's taught me is, and something I've always had issues with was public speaking. Um, that's the big takeaway, man, because the job that I have now requires me to, to get in front of folks about three, four times a week and do public speaking. And I was kind of forced into it. And I'm grateful for that because if not, then I would have just stayed in my shell. Right. But uh, I mean, aside from that, it's just, you know, me taking classes in how to public speak, you know, uh, going to Toastmasters, things like that. Not paid for by the government, but just to better myself as as an individual for my job. I love but, that uh, because that's the same kind of steps that I've taken. And I'm interested to see what your answer to this is. Yep. As you exercise your voice and your mind's ability to convert a thought to a story, is there like a overarching story that you find you're resonating deeper with as you learn to, to speak about it? Like your message you're making, like taking a lot of like in speaking, a lot of it comes from taking your mess and making it your message. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's an overarching story. Um, I do. Well, I, I'll put it this way. A lot of when, when I speak to my Marines, I want to make sure that. um well, I'll give you an example like this. I just had a, I just had a talk with one of my Marines yesterday. She had an issue with uh, she did she was exiting the Marine Corps. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know where where her life would go because she was uh, she had some issues prior to to the Marine Corps. She just didn't want to get back into those issues. She was running. Right, right. So um, you know, I guess my my advice to her was, and usually my advice to a, any room of Marines that I'm talking to is, Hey, look, don't, don't look at the past, you know, look, look at the future, find out what the Marine has Marine Corps has taught you and, you know, move forward in that, in that direction. Right. If the Marine Corps has taught you leadership, utilize that. The Marine Corps has taught you uh, how to establish milestones and how to achieve goals, you know, use that to your advantage. Uh, just don't dwell on the past because that's, that's what she was afraid of. Right. Is, uh, kind of going backwards, getting back into the habit of what she was doing and where she was living, how she was living. Right. And 
I mean, that, that's, that's really the overarching story of anybody I've talked to is, Hey, look, what, how, how can you move forward? You know, instead, instead of dwelling in the, in the, in the past, uh, I don't know if that answers your question or, or not, but, um, it does. And it actually gives me one that I always, um, you, maybe you could take this and add it to your speech when you help, uh, Marines understand this is people always talk the transition out of the military, but to right. me, it's important to analyze the first transition because you were actually a human being before you joined the military Absolutely, and you're getting yeah. ready to become another human being and you're still going to be on the other side. And we don't often look at like our goals and ambitions and objectives when we joined and then kind of reevaluating, did we meet those objectives? Are we going to redefine them? Are we a different person? Are we going in a different direction? And to me, it's a, it's a both of those. You got to look first, look at your first transition and your transition out isn't your first transition. It's your second one. And it's not like it's the first time you thought about like this. You already made one transition and you had to come up with thoughts and patterns of belief to get in this military. So now absolutely reply that on the way out. Right, right. No, I, I completely agree, man. Even just recognize the growth of the gap between the version of who you were. Like, you're not that same person. Exactly, exactly. Right. So I know that when I leave the Marine Corps, yeah, I'm going to miss it. But as I move forward, you know, it's, it's, it's a new chapter in life. Right. I just can't let the, uh, the past affect me. Yeah. I've been pulling out this idea and I just had another conversation with another Marine and yeah. he, when I, when I gave him this word, he was kind of almost frustrated. Cause he was, I think about the same time, like 17, 18 years in the Marine Corps, he was a first Sergeant deals with a lot of Marine issues. And I told him we were talking about self leadership. And he's like, I've never considered self-leadership as a concept, as something to teach. So I'm interested. Before I gray up what I think self-leadership is, when I say self-leadership to you, what comes to mind? Self-leadership. So what comes to mind is kind of, um, you know, that saying, know yourself and seek self-improvement, you know. I haven't Um, heard that in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a real thing, you know, and, and that's something I always, I always preach to, to my junior guys is, um, you have to know yourself first before you lead somebody. You have to know where you're coming from. You have to kind of teach yourself a little bit. Um, and it's really just taking a step back and analyzing, I think, analyzing your life and, and where you're headed. You know, obviously, with with um, when you're leading somebody, you're not going to show them, you know, you're you know, you're behind per se. Right. You're not going to show them the worst of you. You're going to show them the best of you. You know, you have to stand back, analyze yourself and and make sure that you are, you are giving the best to the people that you're trying to lead. So teaching yourself to be, I guess, a servant leader, right? Teaching yourself first and then leading from that aspect. So I can't pin my my finger on it, but know yourself first and always seek self-improvement. That's like in the Marine Corps lingo, right? It is. It is. Where is it coming from? Like, I can't pinpoint like (laughs) like what part of my four year career did that get like burned in my head? Maybe it's oh man, burned in boot camp, and I haven't like. You know, I now that you mentioned, I can't point it out, but it's always been to me. It's perfect. Like, it's even more ironic that this marine that I was talking to didn't fully concept self leadership, but the way you just described that—that is the definition of self. Like, you know yourself. You find your own weaknesses. You learn to lead yourself in a proper way. People like right. that, they will follow you. That's right. Exactly. And, you know, you set the example for others to emulate. You know, it, it, this is all like Marine Corps lingo, right? Exactly. It, That's why it, I'm kind of like, and my it, mind's blown. It just I'm makes like, sense. wow, we were talking about it, but yet we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can never I mean, sunk in the entire four years that I was in. Like, this is what 
all this stuff that yes. uh, the leadership traits that JJ did tie buckle, like all this stuff is right. self leadership. And the crazier part that I've realized on the other side in business, business leaders aren't followed because or considered great leaders because they have the best ideas. They're mm -hmm. followed because of way they lead themselves. Absolutely. And in the military, you almost you have the rank problem kind of gets in the way where people get authority whether they deserve it or not. And right. whether you have good leadership or bad leadership, you still have to show respect. And mm -hmm. I think maybe that kind of dilutes the vision of like, I don't, because in business, you can choose who you follow. If I don't like this, I go find a different job. Exactly. In the military, you don't have that. So maybe that clouds our ability to look at and evaluate self-leadership properly. I don't know. Does anything come up with, for you for that? When I yeah, well, that you know, the, what, what I've always been taught was, uh, you know, you, you can respect the you don't have to respect the person, but you have to respect the rank, right? Uh, in that aspect, you know, you you have to follow the orders, you know, it, it, you know, at least lawful orders, right? That's given to you at work if, if you're active in the military. Um, but I mean, it, you 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 have to respect the rank. You know, you don't you don't have to like the person you're working for. Um, the way I, I growing up in the Marine Corps, I used to be, I guess, what you call like a little bulldog, right? You know, back when I was like a sergeant. All that stuff. Yeah, I can, you know, see, I I can was, see you being a little fire pistol, like just like, uh, ooh, good to go, Gunny. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I, I would, I would hold people accountable, and uh, you know, it, you know, I, I would get counsel on these things, right? Like, hey, like you dial it back a little bit, dial it back a little bit, you know. And uh, as time goes on, you know, I, I kind of, you know, your leadership style changes a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if you recall, like in, uh, in boot camp, you had, you know, these. Um, the the hard ass uh drill instructors and then you had your senior drill instructor right who was like the one who would talk to you more and, and just kind of like encourage you to do better you know like talk to you like more like a, a person right um over time as as i've developed in marine corps i've noticed that you know i've i've gone from this hard ass to you know almost a not i wouldn't say nurturing but a more understanding individual you know people come to me with their problems and they actually respect that you have to be able to be open to listen to people because if not, they're not, they're not going to want to come to you. And that, that's what leadership is all about, man. You have to be open to listening to people. If not, then, you know, you're just losing them. Did you, you did time on the drill field? I can't remember. I, I no, I did not. No. <laughs> um, I, what, I want, also want to point out for any military leaders listening is what you also talked about when someone comes to you is the same thing that you have to do as a dad. Your kids won't bring something to you as a problem unless you create the psychological safety that they can trust your reaction Absolutely. Absolutely. to be something that's normal. If yep. you've created this kind of like, where you instantly like, how dare you bring this problem to me? Like mm -hmm. it, either in fatherhood or in the military, people right. are not going to do that. And that's when Absolutely. you're going to get called on the weekend at nine o'clock because of a, a domestic abuse issue, because you did not create psychological safety within your unit where people could trust to bring something up and elevate it. And then it just kind of comes out in really bad ways. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, that same, same way I, I kind of raise my kids, right? It's like, Hey, look, if I'm open to them, if I kind of establish this environment of, you know, a, a responsive father, a person who will listen to you if you have an issue rather than just come down and, and, and with a hammer every single time, they're going to want to communicate. That's it. I mean, I had I had a, a tough time years ago trying to to kind of decipher that, right? Um, because it was for me back in the day it was all Marine Corps, all Marine Corps, and that's the way I would raise my kids, you know. And and I kind of had to take a step back, and I'm like, that's 
my kids are not my Marines. You know, my kids are not my, 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 you know, the, the Marines I work with, they, I should not raise them this way. Um, so, so really it's just, I had to make a change. I had to kind of sit back and it took my wife to actually come forward and tell me about that. Like, Hey, look, uh, you might be a little rough on the kids, you know, just dial it back a little bit. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, but yeah. And then after I started, you know, dialing it back, they become more receptive. They started to communicate with me a little bit more rather than just going to mom all the time. They, you know, would come to me, Hey dad, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, you know, you encourage them to do that. You encourage them to, to, you know, tell you about their problems, you know, I always and, have a saying that says, be there for the small things. Cause then later in life, they'll bring the big things. They're testing you with uh, daddy. There's this problem on the playground. And if you're not there to make that the most important thing in your day right now, they'll remember that subconsciously and like, yeah, he wasn't there earlier. Why would I bring him? Like, I think she's pregnant type questions where you want them to bring that kind of shit to you. But yeah. if you didn't create that psychological safety, yeah. they're going to try to hide from it and figure it out on their own. Yeah. And, you know, a big thing I tell my, my, my kids too, is you look, um, be honest with me. You know, I'm not going to be, it's, it's going to go worse for you. If you, if you lie, I don't care if it's, I don't care if you smash my car window by mistake, be honest with me and I'll that help Marine you. Core wisdom always applies in parenting of like, you can yeah. bring whatever you want. And the first time when you tell me the truth will always be where, okay, let's go ahead and try to fix it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm always receptive to that. Um, things that used to bug me back in the day, no longer bug me. Um, the kids will bring issues to me, problems to me. And, you know, I'll, I'll help them out. You know, I'm happy to do that because that's, you know, I, I feel like that's what a father should do, right? A son, instead of being mad, I'm going to help you overcome this issue, you know? So I was just doing some math and I don't think I know if I got this right, but I peg you to be a father when you probably were promoted to corporal or sergeant. Time That's frame. right. Yeah. Yeah. So Take us corporal. back to that time because you're elevated into a time frame where you're leading Marines even more. And then you're humbly given this baby that you don't have a manual for. What was <laughs> that time like for you? That was, um, it, it was a rough time for me, man. Um, I'll be honest. Cause, uh, that I was, I was in my early twenties. Um, I still had like, you know, the, the friends and party mindset. Um, it, it, it was tough. It was tough, you know? Um, but you know, my, my wife was there. She was, um, she was very supportive. Um, she kind of talked me through a few things like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Um, a lot of times I wouldn't listen. I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to go out with the, the boys, you know, hang out at the bar or whatever. Um, but th those are rough times in my life, you know? Um, how, how my wife stuck around with me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, having to deal with, you know, changing diapers and, you know, it, just the whole thing of being a young person with, with a child. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't imagine having a child when I was a teenager or something like that, like some of these other folks do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a major transition. What advice transition. would you send or send out there for a dad at that same season now that you've kind of reflected your kids are older and uh, what advice did you need to hear way back then? You know, I, I had some talks with my dad when I was younger and, you know, about, you know, how to raise kids and all that stuff. Like, how did you deal with this? You know? And uh, you know, he's, he's very, you know, he doesn't talk too much, but you know, his, his words do mean something to me. So he's like, Hey man, you just, you just got to be there. You just have to be in the moment with that, you know, just as you get older, you will understand that 
everything else around you doesn't really matter because your family is number one, you know? So all this, you know, playing video games and not paying attention to your kid, uh, which, which I've seen a ton of times, you know, um, or just, you know, going out and partying and stuff like that. Not, you know, all that stuff is going, you're neglecting your family at that point. You, you know, come back, bring it back to number one, you know, nothing else really matters except for your family. Cause they're the ones that are going to be there for you. You know, not your video games, not your, you know, your friends. The second something goes wrong, your friends are out the door, you know, not, I mean, unless, unless they're really close friends, but your family's is number one. They're the ones that are going to be there for you. So really think about that. And also just think of your commitment in the Marine Corps is four, eight, 16, 12, 20, whatever it may be. That's right. But your wife is the one to the end of your life. That's right. You know, if, if you have a good wife, she'll be there to the end yeah, of your life. You yeah. didn't say I do just like, yeah, I'm just going to hang on for a little bit. No, like. It, whatever yeah. commitment you make, your wife, that commitment will outlast all of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you don't prioritize in the military, the worst part is it doesn't create a safe place to even mm -hmm. let that thought get oxygen. Like they're like the Marine Corps has the worst joke that if we wanted you to have a family, we would have issued one. That's right. <laughs> better. But I think that like the fact that that still gets laughs out of Marines that are still on active right. duty, like that still means that there still isn't that safe place where family can be a priority yet. Right, right. I, I'd say over the years it has grown, you know, that the the, uh, the family aspect within the Marine Corps because you you really you cannot function um, and and do your job properly if your family's not taken care of, you know. Because even if you deploy and you're 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 constantly thinking about my fa is my family okay is my family okay, you know. Now uh, now more than ever are there more resources for you know spouses or families and things like that. Um, and I'm grateful for that too, even though, you know, we don't really use all the resources, but, um, I'm thankful that they're there. Cause a lot of times, you know, people bring me issues like, Hey, so what do I do, you know, with this, with, with that, I'm like, have you talked to Navy relief society? Have you talked to the MFLAC? Have you talked to military one source, whatever the, the case may be. Um, so I'm grateful that those things are there for the, 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 the service members. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that answers your question, man. <laughs> it does. We're just talking. So every question yeah, leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Question. Absolutely. And you, so you have a son and a daughter, if I remember. You I, I do. I have two sons and a teen daughter. Yeah. How old is your son? So they're uh, 10 and 6. 10 and 6. 10 and 6, yeah. As you've brought sons into the world, mm -hmm. what is it like raising kids for better boys? What have you learned about yourself as you raised them? So I will tell you, uh, raising a boy is probably easier than raising a girl, <laughs> um, at least at this age. Right. Because right now they're just, they just want to play around. Um, you know, I got a trampoline in the backyard. That's all they want to do. So I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, let's jump on the trampoline, um, raising boys. Um, it's, it's, it's easier. It's, it's fun. I mean, it's, you got like a little mini me with you. You know, just recently, just um, last week, my my 10 year old, he came to me and, you know, this was like a super proud dad moment for me. Um, he's like, hey, dad, uh, you know, I want to buy an iPad. OK, well, you know, I have an iPad, you know, he sees me on the iPad because I draw a lot, you know, on the iPad. And uh, I'm like, OK, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to get it? Because I'm not going to buy you an iPad. You know, it's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. Um, he's like, well, I'm, I want to earn it. 
you know, I, I have, and he pulls out a sheet of paper and he's written down these goals. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, you're 10 years old. You're coming to me with all this stuff. Like he wrote down milestones. It looks like man. a smart goal. Who yeah, even it, taught you that? Yeah. And, you know, and these, these are things and it, it really like clicked. I'm like, man, everything I've been showing you has really paid off. It's paying off. Um, he came by, he's like, here's my end goal. And he drew like, like a little brainstorming thing, right? Little arrows. Here's how I'm going to start doing this. Here's how I'm going to start doing that. He's like, I want to mow lawns. And if I mow 50 lawns by uh, summertime, I'll have a thousand dollars and I'll be able to buy my, my iPad. I'm like, well, that's, that's really impressive, man. So he asked me if I can help him with that. I said, absolutely. You know, let's do it. We're actually starting this weekend. Uh, You know, we, we got a couple of jobs lined up, so he's super excited, but you know, it it was a a super proud dad moment for me because I'm like, man, this guy came up with this stuff all on his own. You know, and everything that I've been showing this kid over the years has really, it's really paying off. Like he's actually listening, something's it's sticking something in there. stuck in there. And it's like, yeah. oh, I wasn't just yeah. talking to a wall that felt like exactly, exactly. So, I mean, that, 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 that was super cool for me to see, you know, him just pulling out a little notepad and, you know, writing all that stuff down. And, um, but, you know, in, in talking to these boys, I mean, I understand the six year old is really too young to, to understand a lot of the stuff. So we're just still molding him, right? But uh, even the 10-year-old, I'm like, hey, look, we got it in his head. I'm like, what do you want to do when you grow up? He's like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. All right, got it. Like, what, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to go? He's like, I want to go to the, Na- to the Naval Academy. I'm like, wow, you know, like, how would you even find out about that, you know? Um, you know, but he's been talking to my wife about it. And again, the super proud dad moment, right? Uh, he's just like, he's all about it. He's like, how do I get into the Naval Academy? How, how do I do this? And he's doing his research, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that that's the route he ends up going. Right. Cause you know, then, you know, I, I guess college is paid for at that point. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other part, like just to use as a flashlight is maybe you yeah. get lost or whether you even question, like, is he just doing this? Cause of me, like curiosity yeah. are your curiosity as a human is the breadcrumb to your purpose and passion. So as like, as long mm-hmm. as it's what he's curious about and he's like naturally looking it up and doing it. Cause like, man, I really like learning about this. Right. Then he's always going to end up where he's supposed to be. It's um, if they're not curious, that's when you want to like, is this really what you want to do? Or are you just kind of doing it because it feels right? Or it's what maybe what dad kind of showed you or something. But curiosity is that thing that you always want to lead with. That's what I lead with in my life. And I always describe him kind of drunk on curiosity because I've learned a lot of random things because I just like Mm -hmm. learning about things. And I'll figure out a little bit about myself every time. Yeah. So, I mean, that he, he actually approached me with that, you know, and, and talking to my, my wife and, you know, I, I think she kind of got the bug in his head and she was telling him all about it. Um, but he's like, yeah, you know, I, I really want to do it, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, are you doing it because I'm doing it? You know, cause you don't have to be a Marine or you don't have to go in the Navy. He's like, no, I think it'd be cool, blah, blah, blah. You know, and maybe I could be a, a pilot or something like that. And I'm like, all right, man, that, that sounds super cool. You know, whatever you want to do, I'll be there. Pilot it seems cooler. Like just because NASA has their own fleet of right, right. stuff. And like to me, that would be even like a, it's safer. It's less probably bullshit to deal with. Um, yeah. You got the politics of NASA, but I'm sure it's a lot less than the politics of the military. Um, no, but he he's all about the, the, the whole space exploration. Um like I, he, this kid is way smarter than I ever was at 10 years old. He'll come up and just give me like random facts on space and things like that. And I'm like, where, where are you learning this stuff from? You know, he even started, he asked me to help him start a, uh, a website where he can just post like space facts. And I'm like, Hey, let's do it, man. You know, we'll, 
We'll start yeah. this website. Have you, just, had, you know, has he looked at any of the podcasts for kids that are out there? Like Brains On is one that our kids always listen to. Uh, they just do a really good job of telling stories and teaching a bunch of random stuff to kids. No, no, I, I haven't really looked into that, man. I mean, I oh, guess I, guess I could like now. feed his mind even more because it's it just kind of gives you the wider view of everything. And in, like the kids are absolutely addicted to listening to Brains On. Yeah, no, I have to. What, what's it called? Brains On? brains on but there's probably like i would say when you start looking like kids podcasts there's probably like 10 of them that are like really popular up there but brains on is the one that we do there's one like every week and they pick a topic from questions asked by kids of like one just uh weirdly odd one they came up with like why is our poop brown and it was an entire episode devoted to oh really yeah and it was i mean they made it fun and made it interesting for the kids and uh different things but it was just like (laughs) or like why do we think um, disgusting things are disgusting? Like what makes it right. disgusting? Uh, they right. do a lot of interesting things like that. Now, now that you mentioned those questions, now I, you know, I kind of want to look into that because it, yeah, it really, I enjoy it. Like it's not a bad thing to I'm have in the now. car when we're going in a car a road trip. Like we all turned on and then we listen to it. Like it's, it's a regular thing that we listen to now. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. Brains on. I have to check have that you, out. Also, the one other thing that popped in my head is: Have you ever checked out the Jocko Willing books for the Warrior Kid? I got them all, man. I read them every night to the kids. Yeah, because like like that uh, when you were talking about the the lawn mowing, I was like, yeah. just like that kid where he he wants oh, to oh. fix up his bike and yeah, yeah, we're on the like irony chapter. Of those books yeah. is uh, we're just reading the third one, so he just came out with a new one for mm-hmm. with my oldest. Yeah, and this one is where there's a new kid in school and it, he's making the kid uh, jealous of everything. And mm-hmm. my daughter literally had a new girl come to school. Her name is Sophia. My daughter's name is Sophia, mm-hmm. and she's making her jealous because she came in smarter. And I was like, that sounds like somewhere we read this story yeah, about like dealing yeah. with this envy feeling. And it was just crazy of how it like we can find relation to it in so many different yeah. stories. And like, remember that? That's how the kid happened. And he was held accountable for his actions, not what the other guy did to him. And there's yeah, so much I think being taught in those books. We might be reading the same book then because I, I read it to them every night. They actually come and get me. The six year old, he's like, Dad, you got to read The Warrior Kid, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I think we might be reading the same one, Mark and yeah. Danny Reinhardt. Yep. Yeah. yep. Mark. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're, yeah. I'm reading the, the first one to my six year old son. Yeah. And my oldest daughter, we read the, fir- the first two, and now we've just started the new third one that came out. Yeah. You know, a- excellent books, man. I, and, you know, back when we were in, um, in Hawaii, um, we used to do jujitsu out there, Gracie jujitsu. Uh, so I think we're going to get into it again here, but I know they, they've been bugging about that too. Like, Hey dad, let's, let's do it. You know? So I've been trying to kind of carve time into my, my schedule because my wife and I both work to, to get these kids out there and do jujitsu. Um, cause I enjoyed it when I was out there in Hawaii, you know, so I, I, I really wanted, you know, have them have the experience as, as well out here. Um, so yeah, same thing like lawn mowing, you know, and, and jujitsu, I guess they're, they're following the same path as this kid. Yeah, like <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy when you plant those little seeds, they start yeah, growing yeah. and how it all unfolds. And the crazier part, when you start like thinking of all this stuff, like, doesn't take much for a kid to like start seeing the world differently. And entrepreneurship is such a great example that there's a lot of homeschoolers that I follow and they use entrepreneurship to actually teach them their kids what they need to know about school, but they use business to teach them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how primed is that child to grow into the, go into the world to know that money is infinite and you can make it from nothing. And oh, yeah, most people yeah. graduate the 12 year school system of the public system with this idea that a W 2 is the only way that I can get issued money. And yeah, how that, game changing is it for a way. child to grow up with this idea that it can come from nothing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 
Though I, I definitely harp on good education, right? So I, that that's something I, I tell my kids all the time. Look, look, people can take people can take your money, people can take your time, people can take your work product, but people will not be able to take the knowledge you acquire, right? So that that's something I always harp on with these kids. Um, learn how to do something to the best of your ability, and use that. Use that, right? I mean, same thing with that that podcast I had going. Um, I learned so much over the, the course of all these years. All those and, conversations, and, they influence yeah. and you never, no yeah. one's going to, even this, I mean, this is, I'm like up to episode 118 and uh-huh. like no one's going to take all that dad knowledge from me. of all. Yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you acquire all that. Nobody, nobody can take that from you, right? You learn a second language. Nobody's going to say, Hey, you no longer know it. You know, you, that's all implanted in your head, you know? So. And it changes same, how we see the world too. Like one conversation can change forever how someone the lens of the world people look through and it's either right. limiting or it's infinite and oftentimes it's just these stories we tell ourselves and the marine corps mm-hmm. is pretty good at kind of re- breaking these stories from you like mm-hmm. you really you can be anybody in the marine corps right and we kind of don't really realize that we could really be anybody when we take that uniform off and we kind of just go back to clark kent we were superman and this clark kent we really don't know what the hell to do with ourselves yeah yeah no i completely agree man it's it's something I, I I teach these kids, you can do anything you want. You, you, as long as you learn about it, you take the time to learn about it. You can do anything you want. Every resource that you want, that you, that you have is out there and, and, you know, online in the library, whatever it might be, all the resources you need to learn a skill or learn about whatever you want is out there. The thing is taking step one to actually get off your butt and do it and read about it, learn about it. Right. When I want to learn, you got to do the work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, nobody's going to do it for you. Like, Hey, look, here's, you know, this microchip put in your head. No, nobody's going to do that for you. Nobody's going to force you to the library. Right. You got to do it for you. You got to want it. You know, it took me many years to learn that because it was just, I was just allowing myself to, to kind of go through the motions of life, you know, in high school, you know, I wasn't a good high school student. Um, Even in the Marine Corps, I was like, you know, I'm only going to do four years and just get out. Um, and it wasn't until I had started getting good leadership or starting talking to, to my leaders. And they started opening my eyes, you know, like, Hey, look, you can go really far in the Marine Corps. You just have to, you know, put forth a little bit more effort. I'm like, okay, very well, very well. Um, I mean, that's where it all stemmed from is, you know, I, I got out of my shell. I started, you know, reading more, you know, I started, um, you know, emulating the leaders I had. And I started kind of trying to trying to mirror the good stuff, you know, in my life from, from leaders. And, you know, I just, it just started from there, man. And like, I, I would have never thought in my life in the first four years of the Marine Corps, I would ever transition from enlisted to officer. And that was not even a thing my first four years. Right. And I talked about it so much um, that my wife just told me one day, she's like, just, just shut up. And I'm like, what? I'm like, she's like, just shut up and do it already. Just if you're going to apply for warrant officer, just shut up and do it. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's the kick in the ass I need, right? Just do it. And, you know, I I tell the kids the same thing, you know, just not shut up and do it. But, you know, there's all this talk. How about we start putting things into action? You know. All good stuff. And the idea of just recognizing the willpower of your own life, like that is... A very simple idea, but man, in 2021, with the way that American culture is wired, there are so many people that wait for permission. It, you're, you were even a, like an example. You're like, you probably were like, man, I just wish someone would walk up to me and say like, hey, 
you could do it. And there was nobody except yourself that you needed to give permission to yourself for. Right. Right. So that, that, that's a big thing I think with, uh, especially with this upcoming generation, right? It's like, you know, they're, they're just kind of standing by they're waiting. And, you know, that's, that's something I got with my daughter right now. She's, you know, teenager, really rebellious. Um, you know, just I'm, I'm, I'm the bad guy these days because, you know, I'm not her friend. You know, she wants to talk to her friends, hang out with her friends. So anything that dad says is, is wrong. Right. So unfortunately I, I knew what, what I was like as a teenager too. So I, I was probably the same exact way, right. Rebellious. I'm sure I gave my parents hell, uh, when I was young. But I mean, it's the same thing I kind of preached to, to her. I'm like, look, um, if you want to do something, don't rely on your friends or, or anybody else to give you the information because they're not going to do it for you. You know, go out there and do it. You know, my, my safe zone where I feel comfortable with is, is in the library. To be honest, if I could live in the library, I would because I just love, you know, just opening something up and just gaining knowledge. Um but I think right of now, all the time I wasted sitting in Okinawa doing nothing. And now, as crazy <laughs> as my life is with three kids, I'm like, yeah, man, did I miss a prime time to just yeah. like just, step into just go all in on ideas or knowledge? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I was like, oh man, there was such a, it was the simplest time in my life. I mean, looking back, like when it was happening, mm-hmm. it was like, oh man, this time sucks. But now, like, looking back, like, whew, that was the time to really. I mean, you you could do anything you needed to, and you had like you had, the time. you had a paycheck, you had three squares a day, you had a roof over your head. That's it. I mean, there has never been a larger safety net to do something scary, and mm-hmm. all you gotta do is fall back on the net when you're in the exactly. military with, without a family. Exactly right. I mean, even now, I mean, even with 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 family with kids, man, I I try to carve out the time to do these things, right? Like I I actually had to put it in my calendar. I I learned this a while back, right? Um, because there, there was that, uh, that issue with like work-life balance and, uh, I was given too much of my time or I'll, most of my time to, to the Marine Corps, you know, in, in trying to, you know, answer commander's questions and, and teaching this person or doing this. I spent so much time just involved in my Marine Corps life. It was like 80% Marine Corps, you know, 20% family life. And I was like, something's off balance here. Right. So I had to find that, 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 that good balance. Um, it, it, you know, it took me a while to, to figure that out, I think. Um, but once I did, you know, er- everything just, just flourished. You know, I was able to, to dedicate more time to the kids. I was able to, to dedicate more time to, to things I wanted to do, the little side business that I have, you know, the, the blog, you know, things like that. And I actually carved time into my calendar uh, where I have specific times every night for f- distraction-free family time, you know, and, I figured if it's in my calendar and I get that little ding on my phone, put the phone down, you know, maybe, you know, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever it is until the kids start going to sleep, you know, put the stuff, put the phone down, distraction-free family time after they go to sleep. Hey, that's game time. That's where I read, write, and study. And then that's where I take my own time to learn what I need to learn to write these little books that I want to write or read about anything that I need to read about. Right. That's my time at that point. Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit. What does life look like after the Marine Corps for you? <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's a good question, man. It's um, it's one that I hear from my wife all the time, right? Um, life after the Marine Corps. So I'm working on a master's degree right now uh, in hopes uh, that I finish it before I, I get out of the Marine Corps. I, I know I will. Um, it's a master's degree in project management. 
So it's kind of in line with what I've been doing at work already, you know, with uh, managing all these different projects. And I just want to make sure that I have that degree in hand so I can just kind of be marketable to, to the world after the Marine Corps. And there's a, there's a program I heard about, uh, I forgot the name of it. It's, it's escaping me right now, but essentially what you do is you go TAD for about six months on the back end of your career before, you know, as you're EASing and uh, you um, basically intern at some company and, you know, they, you, you don't get paid by them. You, you get interned, right? You're TAD. So you get paid by the Marine Corps and you learn that skill. And then they could have, they have the ability to, to hire you on at that point. Um, got a buddy that did that, got hired on by Amazon. So he's doing really well. And he was telling me about it. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like the route I, I want to go. You know, not specifically Amazon, but, you know, whatever company out there who, you know, is is a good standing company and will, you know, provide good pay and all that. I think, uh, you know, I'm open to anything, really. I'm open to anything. Um, my little side job or my little side hustle is probably not going to cut it, <laughs> but it really helps that uh, I've made contacts over the years that I've, um, you know, I'm working, I already got the bachelor's, I'm working on the master's and, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on certifications like on Coursera, things like that, that are paid for by the veterans transition program. Um, so I think all that stuff helps. Go ahead and tell us about, about your side project. Oh, okay. So it's, um, so it's called Undercover Clip. It's a little uh, business I, um, I established, um, Undercover Clip LLC. Uh, so really it's a, it's a little invention I made. Um, it's a little piece of plastic that goes inside your eight point cover and it works for Marines and sailors. Uh, it holds your eyewear, it holds your ranks in place and it makes your cover, you know, kind of stand up straight and keeps it looking sharp. Right. I came up with that, um, established a business back in like 2020, early 2020. Um, and since it has flourished and it has, um, I got a contract with the Marine Corps exchange. So they're in the uniform shops right now. Uh, they're in the Marine shop in Quantico and a couple other tactical shops across the country. So, it, I mean, it was, it was fun to, to come up with that, a, a little design. And that all stemmed from, you know, just being in formation one day over in, uh, in K Bay. And I bought a brand new pair of Maui gym sunglasses. They were like 200 bucks that weekend. And the formation was on Monday. Um, got in there, you know, I took my sunglasses off and I'm like, oh, I, you know, got nowhere to put them. So I stuck them in my cargo pocket. Um, as the formation ended, you know, I forgot they were in my cargo pocket. You walk up to the front and, you know, you go to congratulate all the new promotees or whatever. Um, you know, so I'm walking, I'm going through my morning, just walking around and I had like pennies and like a screw in my cargo pocket. And it just, just damaged my, my new Maui gens, man. I was so pissed. I took them out. They were all scratched up. And I figured, you know, that there's, there's gotta be a better way to carry these, these, these sunglasses. Um, and then I started, you know, the prototyping process, you know, trying to figure out where on the uniform I can carry sunglasses. You know, I tried under the blouse. I tried like inside behind boot bands and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't know where. And then one day it just dawned on me. I had my cover on the, on the table. I'm like, huh, I got to change out this little credit card that I got inside the, the, the damn, uh, the inside of the cover. Uh, so as I was switching it out I'm like, well, that looks like a good spot. Let's try something there. Yeah, that's uh, and it's it's probably one of those that you're like, whoa, like yeah, like people. It's like a magic trick, light bulb moment, man. That's what it was. And uh, I went to Home Depot that weekend when I thought about it. And I started drawing it out and all that stuff, uh, how I, I'd like it to look. Went to Home Depot, 
bought like, um, you know, a little piece of wood and, you know, try to, you know, screw some things together and, you know, make a prototype. Uh, but nothing was really working for me, you know? Um, and then I just, it took me about six to eight months to come up with like the perfect prototype one that fit all sizes of the covers. And, um, you know, the, the rest is history, man. I, I established the store. Um, I started talking to the, uh, headquarters MCCS. Um, you know, I got in contact with them through, um, Kanye Ohibe's, uh, MCX and, uh, you know, the rest is history, man. They, they took a chance on me and, you know, gave me a contract and I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's do it. So now and they're in like the, sunglasses, yeah. like the only accessory Marines are really allowed to wear. Exactly. So. You know, I mean, you, you, everybody, all Marines wear sunglasses, right. And this thing will carry all sizes of sunglasses, you know? So it's, um, it, it just worked out, man. It's something that I would, I, I'd want to use. Right. And I made it out of necessity because I wanted something and it just so happens it works out for, you know, thousands of Marines and thousands of Marines have them in their covers right now. It just really cool. Out. Where's the best place besides an MCC or um, Marine Corps exchange that they can buy them? Is there a website? Yeah. Yeah. So you can go to uh, www.undercoverclip.com. Uh, right now there's a promotion. If you uh, enter Moto, M-O-T-O at checkout, it gives you free shipping for Moto March, I call it. Um, so yeah, it's just a website. It's uh, and aside from that, it's the, the Marine shop in Quantico. Uh, a couple of tactical shops across the uh, across the nation as well. Well, all right, Victor. This episode has been everything that I wanted it to be. If we could gift wrapped one thing for the for the listeners, what is your best piece of dad advice? As a dad, we're leaders. We're here to set the example for the kids. You know that we're the heads of our tribes, and you know kids' minds are like sponges, and they're going to mirror everything that they see. So if you are on the phone all day and you're not paying attention to your family, uh, that's the message that you are sending, that it's normal to be like that. If you're on the couch watching TV all day or just on the video games all day, that's the message that you're sending. And that's what they're going to pick up. And that's what they're going to think is normal. So I think as dads, we need to set the example and the example for our kids to follow, right? Same as you would with your Marines, soldiers, airmen, whoever it might be. So with that, I mean, take your kids outside, take them camping, you know, go out and build something and, you know, spend some time teaching them how to read or change a tire or whatever, because, you know, building life skills and showing them the way that's, I guess that's how you, you lead your family, right? You know, the way you show the way and you go the way. Does that make sense? Amen. And like the, everything you just summed up there, like is why this podcast exists because Military dads have lived a rich life, but we often don't think about gifting that richness to our kids from our experience, our stories, our wisdom, our knowledge. Like there is so like only 7% of the population is a veteran. Like that gives Mm -hmm. us an edge and our kids an edge that no one else can touch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, it's that, that, that's what it's all about, man. It's just, you know, being the leader in your family, showing them the way, because they're, that's what they're going to emulate. Same as you in the military have emulated your leaders above you. You are your kids' leaders. Wholeheartedly agree. Well, yeah. Victor, as I said, thank you for coming to the podcast today and sharing your story. I know this episode is going to bring dads home because we spent a lot of time talking about active duty and there are a <laughs> lot of active duty dads out there. And so I'm sure Absolutely. a lot of the wisdom that you shared is going to hit a few dads right square in the chest and hopefully it allows them to make a new change starting tomorrow. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to hear that, man. I hope it does.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. This episode, I really hoped, resonated with you in a very strong way. I know it did for me. Because for me, my big takeaway of this episode was the way that he talked about knowledge and how, as a kid, acquiring knowledge can be the difference in everything. Because no matter what life does to you or how life unfolds, no one can take the knowledge that you've learned away from you. And yet, we don't spend enough time helping our kids acquire that knowledge when time is abundant for them, when they don't have all these homework, when they don't have all these papers to do from when life gets, when they're in high school, middle school. In those early ages, like the story with his son, his son is learning skills and ideas that are going to carry on forever. And you never know how all those threads are going to intertwine into his future life. And to me, we need to spend more time helping our kids acquire knowledge when it's free and easy and they've got abundant of time. And when they're almost drunk on curiosity of learning, they love learning about new things and teaching them the love of learning early on can extrapolate such a strong love of learning later on. Because the biggest pit most people fall into is they assume once you graduate college that learning ends. I'm a big believer that that's where actually the learning begins, that on the other side of college and whatever you're doing, military transition, that's where your learning begins, and you never should stop reading. You should always be asking better questions, finding people ahead of you. That learning process always continues. So to me, that was my big takeaway. I also want to remind you that if you haven't checked out freedadcourse.com, there is also there a free course, five audio lessons on how to have more friends in your life. If you know my story, you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, friendships was the one vehicle that began to help everything change. And through that, everything started to change. I asked better questions. I saw more value. And so this is a free course that I offered other dads because friends can change everything. So go check it out at freedadcourse.com. Five lessons, 10 minutes each, super easy, super quick. And you are always one conversation away from changing your life. This could be the one conversation that does that for you. So with that, I'm signing off. I hope that you have an amazing week. I hope that this week is packed with everything that you need. It's got great conversation. It's rich in adventure. It's rich in family time. And it is rich in time for you as well. Let's not forget that it is also important to invest in ourselves and just be with things that make us happy on our own. Signing off. Have a good week. Talk to you guys again on Friday.